Welcome to the Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour. Today, I, Bulletproof Teacup, will be your hostess. My lovely tea servers will be the illustrious Doodle Lady and the fantastic Ride Boldly Ride. For your pleasure this evening, we will serve a podcast born of pandemic blues and a never-ending obsession with Avatar The Last Airbender. We will take you on a journey that, while not as life-changing as you'd hope, will include fandom news, fake pics, pick pics, a newbie's guide to the fandom, and more. So take a calming cup of jasmine tea, because for the next hour, it is the Avatar Hour, with a lovely infusion of Zutari. So today is our first episode. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. So I'm Bulletproof Teacup. Some of you may know me as Teacup. I've been in this fandom for ages as a blogger, writer, and shitposter. I've been crazy about Avatar since watching the first season of Korra in 2012. As a shameless plug, read my fanfiction. I'm on Teacup Destiny as AO3. I'll never upload a new chapter, but you can enjoy what's there because that's how life is. All right, Doodle Lady, you're up. Oh, well, hi, everybody. I'm Doodle Lady, uh, your resident fan artist and co-host. I've been around for a few years now in the Avatar fandom. I mainly draw things, mainly Zutara things. So if you're into that, you can follow me on Tumblr and Instagram at, at Doodle Lady with an I. Thank you. All right, ride boldly, ride. Well, hello. I'm the newbie here. So, as my Tumblr often states on my the tags I write, Avatar and Zutara have become my new hell. Um, so, I have become immersed and obsessed with said fandom. I'm known both as Ride and RBR, and I've been a writer for <laughs> an unnatural amount of fandoms over the years. Um, I've been writing for about 17 years, and um, that being said, Zutara has taken over my soul. So I'm, I plug myself as well. I am on Tumblr, Twitter, and AO3 as Ride Boldly Ride, all one word. Thank you, ladies. The Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour comes with an itty-bitty little disclaimer. All Avatar fans are welcome. But this podcast is going to be Zutara-centric. Doodle, RBR, and myself are 110% rabid Zutara shippers, and as a result, a lot of the fan work, metas, and serials that we are performing are going to focus on our beloved ship. We may discuss other fandoms or pairings, but we can't promise you'll enjoy the focus of our commentary. For that reason, please ship Zutara or find another place to chill until the fandom implodes when Netflix finally drops their decade-ending live-action television extravaganza. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your time and patronage, but not if you're a hater. Thank you. We're going to go ahead and chat about why we got into Avatar. So I'll go ahead and start first. The Legend of Korra was what ultimately introduced me to the Avatar world. Post-season one of Korra, I went on a journey, and by the time I came out, I was a bona fide Avatar addict. Since then, I've been reading, writing, and enjoying the fandom. All right, ladies. Um, for me, I honestly just loved it as a kid. Um, but I rewatched it as a grown-up lady a few years ago and realized how much I obviously missed and went over my head. There's just so much more to the show that you can only really appreciate once you're not a kid anymore. 
and actually understand life a little bit. Um, the visuals, the story, the characters, the world building, it's all just so stunning. It's impossible just not to fall in love with it. And I don't think there's a lot of shows that can compare to it, honestly. RBR? Well, I am that person that is um, part of the new wave. The Netflix aired it. Guess I'll go see what all that hype is about and promptly fell in love. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. I was an adult at the time it originally aired. And I was in that phrase when I say adult, I was, you know, 17, 18 and thought I was, thought I was an adult. And in that six-month phase, I didn't watch cartoons, and now I regret that wholeheartedly <laughs> and repent in dust and ashes, especially since now that I've seen it, I'm blown away. It has got so much to it. It's more than just a simple cartoon. It's got really deep storytelling with a very simplistic way of telling it, um, but without being dumbed down or too simple. And then you add in these characters that are just, how can you not love them? They've got so much depth to them, and they follow these amazing arcs that are just a ride to take. Thank you. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and have a conversation about why we ship Zutara. So I'll go ahead and start. I ship Zutara because of the cyclical nature of Avatar The Last Airbender. It really fascinated me as a teen, and since then I've just fallen in love with the characters of Katara and Zuko. I'm always discovering new dimensions to their characters and different ways to interpret their relationship. This fandom is filled with tons of amazing artists, writers, and bloggers. I couldn't imagine looking anywhere else on the internet. Duda Lady? Oh, good lord, where do I start? I have a hard time putting into words how much I love Zutara, um, but I will do my best. They're just so real. Their dynamic is so representative of how relationships work in real life. It really just clicked for me, you know? Not just the superficial opposites attract trope, but the hard-earned friendship, trust, and communication that I think is at the core of Zutara. You know, no big deal, just basic building blocks of any successful relationship. RBR? I love the symbolism of them. There's this balance between their personalities that is connected with the actual theme of the show. So there's this yin-yang, there's this water-fire, there's um, good-evil, that it just connects them to the show so innately that it just doesn't make sense without them. And I feel like their characters are so well paired that they don't have, um, no one takes a hit for the other person. They are equals. They are, they view each other as equals. They treat each other as equals and thereby respect and have admiration for each other. That is unequal to pretty much almost all the other ships I've come across in the Avatar fandom. Thank you, ladies. I always love hearing the reasons why other people have joined this collective insanity. Much appreciated. All right, everybody, it's time to chase your avatars, grab your cabbages, and find your fangirls, because here is the news. This week in the Avatar fandom, we're still chatting about the most recent news regarding Netflix's live-action Avatar Glass Airbender TV show. 
Most recently, in early August, the creators of Avatar, Brian Konetsko and Michael Dante DiMartino, lovingly referred to as Bright, sometimes unlovingly, have reportedly left the production of the show. Fandom reactions have been varied, but many of our fellow Zutarans hope that this is a sign that Netflix might actually save our ship. Are we predicting the future or sliding further into delusion? Guess we'll all have to wait and see. In other news, um, this year there's going to be an Avatar Big Bang. So I've never heard of this before, but much like an actual Big Bang, a fandom Big Bang is a collaborative event where writers, betas, and artists are paired up and work on a unique fic or art piece. Ours is focusing on Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Details are still few and far in between, but we recommend visiting the Atla Big Bang Tumblr. Um, and we'll have that down below at the end of the podcast. Now, we also have a Fan Appreciation Week coming up in November. Specifically, um, ZK Fan Work Week will run from November 22nd to 28th of 2020. Now, from their Tumblr, they report that this event is going to be a week-long opportunity for Zutara fans to show their appreciation for their favorite fan works and content creators by creating their own fan works based off of them. This is the first time I've heard about this kind of event, but it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Check them out on Tumblr and join in on the fun starting on November 22nd through the 28th. And we have one of our own co-hosts participating in one of these events. RBR, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, actually, I get to be a part of the Big Bang. Um, the Big Bang is going to be a lot of fun. It's open to everybody. It's not necessarily ship-specific. So it's going to have a lot of different creators and different types of content creators. So you're going to see a lot of artists, a lot of, um, a lot of writers. You're going to see them all working together. So you're going to come out with some really neat stuff. There's some really awesome ideas that I've been seeing that are novel and or are really neat perspectives on very well-known moments. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I think everybody's going to be really surprised at what comes out. And they end up with a lot more people than they anticipated. So it's going to be, they say big bang. It's going to be a big bang. Thank you, RBR. I'm really impressed and super jazzed about everything that's going on. Like the fandom is having such a moment right now of revival and there's so much going on in the fandom. Like there's, you know, Zutara stuff and Avatar stuff in general and even Korra things. And it's just really thrilling. I think uh, not too long ago, we had our first uh, Zaka week with uh, Zuko and uh, Sokka. So that was pretty thrilling. Um, before we move on, Doodle Lady, do you have anything you want to add? I'm super pumped about all this new stuff that's coming out. I think as soon as Avatar was added to Netflix, it just caused this... You could tell it was not the same people over and over, but you could tell that there wasn't any fresh meat, you know? And then Avatar got posted on Netflix... And there's just this giant wave of fan art, of work, and I'm just sitting here pretty, enjoying, sipping on everything, trying the buffet. So, yeah, I'm I'm a happy camper. Dare I say, are you drinking the Kool-Aid? The cactus juice. It's <laughs> my <G-S. laughs> 
It'll quench ya. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you guys. And that's the news. Okay. Let's go ahead and move on. All right, ladies and gents, open up your incognito chrome, close your tabs, grab your tea. It's time for the thick pick. RBR? Well, first off this week, we're going to start off with a warning. It's something that we need to do because we actually try to be nice here sometimes. Ah. These, <laughs> these thick picks will not be spoiler free. This is why we did go out of our way to tell you the one shots we will be considering today. If you haven't read them yet, stop the podcast. Seriously, I mean it. Pause it. Go click on the two pretty links on the bottom and go read them. If we're reviewing them, there's a reason why we are. Either it's super popular and thereby a reason to review them, or like in this case, they are just that good. Go read them and then come back. You back yet? Good. Let's go ahead and start talking some Zutara fic picks. We're going to start off today with Five by Nikki Ra. The author's summary is very simple. It's five is my favorite number, he says one day at breakfast. They have been married for 15 years. Quiet is only a five-letter word. The reviewer's summary. This slice-of-life one-shot is a glimpse into the life of a mature, well-established fire lord and fire lady and their darling family. It's laced with sharp wit and knowing interactions that are guaranteed to bring a smile to your face. It's personally one of my favorites. So now we are going to open the floor and start talking a little bit about this fic. First off, this slice of life, ladies. I'm still trying. Wait, to, I'm still trying to resist the urge to make a five is my fifth favorite fanfiction joke. So, <laughs> you're like, if you want actual commentary out of me, RBR, let's start with the doodle lady, please. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. So I have a few thoughts, and they're all very nice thoughts about this fic. I, I'm, it's the first time I've actually read this surprisingly i hadn't stumbled upon it before so shout out to ride for suggesting this one i honestly live for domestic zutara guys i think nothing is better i think the author did a fantastic job in capturing those little moments that make married life the things that stand out um something like they're always drinking soup when she tells zuko that she's pregnant it's just those little details that I think are really significant and they describe how a 15-year-long partnership would work. Um, Did you catch about the capital letters? How they changed the dynamic of the, of the phrase? She talked about sex. The, and then she talked about sex. <laughs> and I how it changed it entirely. I loved love that. love that. It's just... The subtleties, you know, I think the entire one shot is about the subtleties in a partnership, in life, in married life. Something as, yeah, sex versus the sex. <laughs> you know, as a reader, you're like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I love it. I think that that's what makes this pick so relatable and such a fun read. I also love that. You don't really 
at least for me, the fix usually are before Zutara gets together and the lead up is to get together. So it's just wonderful to see the later years, I think. Teacup? I really enjoy like how you guys were saying the subtleties, the nuances. I think that the voice in this fic is really poignant. It's really beautiful and that's kind of what makes it so amazing. The fact that it just brings out that quiet contentment. Like you feel just peace reading It's a beautiful it. phrase. That's a beautiful phrase for it. Right. You know, it's just, it's just quiet contentment. And I honestly, I live for that. I mean, granted, I am well known for my angst, but at the same time, like there's this little part of me that's just like, oh, damn. Oh, man. You know, I, I really enjoyed this. Apparently I'd read it before, but um, thanks for having me read it again. (laughs) Story of my life. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree with you that there's just so much peace in it. And as a reader, I think that is so freaking satisfying because you know they've been through hell and back during the series and then thinking about how they've run a country together, they've had five kids together. There was that little blurb in the fic talking about how they had to wait to get married, they had to wait to have kids, because the world was in this very tumultuous, scary transition phase, especially the Fire Nation, that there's just this rewarding sense of just a sigh of finally, they're at peace. Finally. They can enjoy these little moments. They can enjoy their damn soup. (laughs) Unless it ends up on Zuko. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's absolutely That's what makes it delicious. Yeah. Well... (laughs) That smut is delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. No, we will never explain the inside joke. Don't ask. Catch this in our future Patreon. There you go. Cha-ching, cha-ching. All right, ladies. So let's go ahead and move on to our next fic of the day. This one is Scars by Emma Dixon. The author summary for this one Katara is the only one with scar-touching privileges. One by one, the gang realizes this. And perhaps they start to realize something else as well. So here's your reviewer's summary. We've all seen and read Zutara from their perspective, time and time again. Not that we'd ever tire of it. But this one shot gives us a different series of perspectives on our favorite ship. It's set up in a manner that's unique. Each character's perspective is given its own singular paragraph, giving a sensation of smooth transition from one character to the next. This particular fic is a doodle lady favorite. So we're going to start with her then. (laughs) No pressure. Just if you could see me, I have the microphone next to my mouth. I'm just, yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat. So first of all, uh, I'm going to do a little shout out to M. Dixon here because this is just one tiny snippet. This one shot is just a little tiny taste of her whole huge, gigantic AU, Zutara AU. So please sit down and read all of that. There's so much good stuff. We stand M. Dixon in this house. Yes, we do. 
Um, and yeah, she will be featured again if I have it my way. <laughs> We're gonna have arm wrestles through the computer here for our yes. favorite writers. <laughs> we are definitely not fighting each other over what to go. Yeah. No, no I don't think happening. so. <laughs> Someone better catch up. these hands if don't let me review more. I swear to God. I swear to God. <laughs> hold my hoops, girl. <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, hold my cabbages. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yes. oh, we're nerds. Oh, I love oh, it. Sad, sad. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, but, well, but like on a more serious note, though, like Scars is like if we had to. I, I think we were joking that like um, giving each fic a uh, rating on the T scale. This fic would be like ginger ginseng, like really robust, you know, it's delicious, but it's one of those ones that you drink when you want to feel better afterward. It doesn't taste good and it'll, it doesn't always feel comfortable, but like the sands of Ember Island, it just kind of smooths everything out. And I feel like this fic really does that for me. This fic has a lot of symbolism in how they do things. I, the one that really stuck out to me was the phrase that they used. It was either the scar-touching privileges were either a Katara privilege or a Katara thing. It was a regular concept of this own sense of ownership in the relationship that nobody else had with Zuko. So it really kept her in this tight bubble that everybody could see. Because you saw it in almost every single person's perspective that this was entirely a Katara thing. This was a Katara right to have that moment. And that, to me, that was one of those poignant parts of the story. I can't agree with you more, honestly. I think that this fic offers a really great perspective of how the gang sees Zutara. You don't really see that too much, I think. At least I haven't. You just see uh, the perspective of Katara or Zuko. And I love all the characters, so it was really awesome to be able to see how that looks through their eyes. I think each character evokes a different feeling. Honestly, this one shot, the first time I read it, it was a roller coaster of feelings. I recommend maybe a few tissues because each character has a different snippet to offer. Personally, I think hands down, my favorite perspective was Iroh's because it's so heartbreaking Agreed. and it's so sweet. It. Iroh really has been there for Zuko since the beginning. He knows the ins and outs of what happened to him, how much it hurt him, how much he had to suffer. And that moment where Iroh sees that Katara is touching his car and he sees the support that Katara provides, the love, support, intimacy, and just everything that he wished for his nephew. That he couldn't come give. True. Yeah. yeah it's, it's beautiful. It's come true. It's, He's the healing that Iroh could not offer Zuko in his time of need is now being offered by Katara mm-hmm. in this ride, like you said, this thing that is solely for Katara that only Katara can do, and it's just, it's just wonderful. It <laughs> breaks your heart in all the right ways. Can you tell this is a doodle lady favorite? I mean, really. <laughs> I'm not gushing about it or anything at all. Trust me, we didn't notice. No, no. not at all. <laughs> no, well, like, like you said there about about Iroh, 
you see that with a couple of different characters, that especially ones that have some more emotional depth to them. When she wrote this, she was able to convey a lot of emotion with a very simple way about her. It's a single paragraph. It's hard to believe you can connect so much with these characters in a simple paragraph, but that's really a testament to the writer because she's able to be simplistic and yet be poignant and pointed in her phrases. Yeah, and I think that's really a hallmark of M. Dixon. M. Dixon sorry. She's got a really great hold on these characters. Like She has a really good understanding of them and she manages to get a lot done in a very short amount of space. Like you were saying, you know, her, her writing packs a punch. You're going to like it, but it's going to hit you pretty hard. You know, like the top section, that one was just hot damn. Yeah. I'll gladly be M. Dixon's punching bag. It's fine. <laughs> Any day. Any day. We stam M. Dixon in this house. <laughs> Offer ourselves willingly. <laughs> And then I, I have to comment on it. I have to. Hakoda being Dad Coda. I swear that man walks around with adoption papers in his bag. Yes. Signed. Exactly. Already done. Sign. Already yeah. done. Please adopt yeah. my boy. Our, scarred, our poor scarred boy. It, I, it always bugs me when I come across stories that make him be aggressive to Zuko. It doesn't make sense to me. It just doesn't fit with his character. It doesn't fit with his kid's character. So it just, it is so fitting for him to just accept and take in and be protective of Zuko that it just it, it again she did a beautiful job with these characters I mean can't say it enough times oh, oh yeah awesome. like shout out to Muffin Lance what was that fic that she's working on I can't remember the name perfect example of dad coda oh figure it out I completely agree with you about Hakoda being supportive. It makes zero sense that Hakoda wouldn't be sympathetic to that. In my opinion, you have to think, this man has been to the actual ward. Not, I guess, the more child version of the war you see through the gang's eyes. He's seen his men die. He's fought, fought battles. He's seen his wife die and all this stuff happen. So he, more than anybody, would know that there's innocence on both sides of this. He would, from the eyes of an adult, would see that when he realizes that his Zuko scar came from his father, I feel like because Hakoda's a dad, he would just be up in arms about it. That how, how could a dad do this to their own son? So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that it makes sense for Hakoda to not be supportive of that. And I think M. Dixon did a wonderful job in her one fantastic paragraph of describing how Hakoda would feel about it and just really hate Ozai on a personal level because of what he did. And seeing that at least he finds that Zuko found comfort and Katara finds comfort in him. So It's beautiful, yeah. ladies. Awesome. Thank you, ladies. That was a wonderful review. We had a great time with those two stories. Keep an eye on our social media. Next episode, we will be going over a whip. We're not exactly sure which one yet. Uh, we know. We're just not going to tell you. But keep an eye on our social media. We'll be sure to give you a heads up before we actually get the episode out to you guys. Now back to Teacup. <laughs> Thank you.
artisans and artists, nerds and fangirls, grab your pens, grab your tablets. It's time for the Pick Pick with Doodly. All right, y'all. Welcome to Pick Picks, where we freak out about how people are so talented that I can't deal with it. Uh, so today's featured artist, the one, the only, Dina Rooney. I think it's safe to say, you guys, that we have all seen her work at one point or another, and we have bond over it. Uh, she's one of the OGs, I think. She's been around for a long time. She was one of the first artists that I saw when I started in the fandom. So I thought they would be the perfect feature for our first episode. So links to the pieces we'll be talking about and her social media can be found on the Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour social media. So on to the first one. So this one is a 2014 Zutara Week prompt for it prompt is sleep. So this piece takes place during Zuko alone. It's an AU where Katara is with him during this time, which I've read a couple of fics like that, and I absolutely vibe with that. It's amazing. Uh, but the main protagonist in this piece is a really soft moment of cuddling while they're sleeping. And I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I think it is a barn in that episode where he's helping out um, that Earth Kingdom family. Uh, sure where he's building the roof. So somebody help me with quote on that episode. I don't know it off the top of my head. It is book two, episode seven. Oh. That's my favorite one. So I kind of have that. Thank you, Ride. Zuko yeah. alone is legit. Peak. That is peak. I'm telling you. Yeah. Crucial to that peak redemption Zico. arc. I'm telling you. I love how fluffy this piece is. It's just a really calm, peaceful moment. Zuko looks a little, like, how do I, like, being like, okay, damn it, I like her. <laughs> it's just like this resignation on his face that he's like, ah, oh, this feels so nice. <laughs> Chagrined. <contact>. Yeah, Chagrined. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Reluctantly in love. Oh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Reluctantly in love. I just, I love it. I think it's a wonderful piece. Everybody should go check it out. You probably have already seen it, but go check it out again. Um, yeah, so ladies, what do you think of this piece? Any comments, thoughts? I love his furrowed brow. I just, there, there's something about it. It's just, it's like perfect for his time period of his story and his arc. She caught it. And then Zuko, you know, book two hair is, you know the best i'm that's sorry a, that's I, a look that hits different honestly. it does mm. it does it do. It do. the only one that make, beats it for me is long hair zuko but dano that's just i will fight you we didn't even get <sighs> to see that really uh no long no, hair uh, long hair no, no second is, is season two <laughs> the best is season two you're welcome <laughs> honestly though like honestly though <clears throat> like bean just really captures i know that that the thing about Zuko these days is like how soft, how a small boy and how like, you know, I totally, I totally go with that. I love that. But there's also part of Bean's art that really captures, you know, the, dare I say, manliness, the anger, like the conflict in him. You can see it in the rigid lines and the frown and it's just so endearing. Like, I don't know, for me, that was really always just... That's where I went with those season two AUs of Katara being with Zuko in the middle of them. Like, 
it just butters my biscuits and Bean is my queen. So I yeah, love that. Yeah, she I stan her. She's Oh, she's amazing. There's there's another one she does that he is actually mad and you can see it. It's so cool to be able to see that. That's that's I'm with you all the way there, teacup. It's, it's just perfect, guys. Alrighty. So on to the second piece, and it will just be doing two pieces for this one, but we'll make sure to link all of these pieces in our social media posts. So the second piece we're featuring today is a Southern Raiders AU, which I think I've said I've said I vibe with every AU we've touched on, but I also vibe with this one. So this wonderful piece is a four-panel comic in full color, post-Katara confronting Yan-Ra. There's just rain pouring down, and she's clearly in distress, and Zuko is comforting her. And I guess in between that comforting, it's just her and Zuko kiss in the last panel. And I love this piece because it's so heartbreaking and sweet at the same time. I think you can really feel the pain and kind of desperate need for comfort that Katara needed in that moment. And I don't think that's honestly too far off from the canon. It That was a really tough moment and she needed comfort and she needed support and Zuko provided that. And Bean has just captured that really viscerally. And I am here for it. What do you guys think? Angry romance is my jam. <laughs> I live for it. I love the fact that it's a pause, that it's a comfort. He's the one who initiates it. Because usually it's the opposite. Usually we see in the artwork it's her initiating something with him. In this case, it seems like he's the one initiating it. And that's pretty cool. It's something different. And just to me, that hits a little bit different than a lot of the other artwork we've seen. Uh, so once again, everybody, these pictures were brought to you by the amazing Bina Rooney. You can find her on Tumblr, Instagram, and on DeviantArt. We'll list all her links and the links to the pieces we featured on our social media. So thank you again, Bina Rooney, for blessing this whole damn fandom with your art. We stand you. When Netflix dropped Avatar The Last Airbender, our humble and long-standing fandom gained a shit ton of new followers. As our fandom grows and changes, it is always important to take some time to review the do's and don'ts of fandom life. Without further ado, here is our rotating segment, Newbie's Guide to the Fandom. So, welcome to the Newbie's Guide to Shipping. As the resident newbie in the fandom of Avatar, we felt it would be fitting for me to be your resident guide as well. If you too are finding yourself in a similar position, come be a sweet summer child with me. This episode, we are focusing on some of the basics you need to know, both in the fandom of Avatar or in any fandom you might actually find yourself in. As your journey into the fandom of Avatar will have already shown you, shipping has taken over a large part of the fandom culture. This has had its benefits and its drawbacks. Things like ship weeks, which were forged ahead by the forerunners of the Zutara ship. That is amazing that we get to be a part of now. 
those started with Zutara and thereby shipping. Then we have things like zines and big bangs and fan weeks. These were all created to further storytelling of these inspiring stories. And beyond that now, professional artists and writers have spawned from these fandom-based transformative works. They have also created Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> Well, she did make like a bazillion dollars, so... Mm, <laughs> there you I go. <laughs> <laughs> but ships have also been the source of other horrible things beyond just the Fifty Shades of Grey. There's been doxing, hate mails, calls to violence. These have had disastrous results. I think we've all at least heard one horrible story that has come from some sort of ship war. The epic battle between Katang and Zutara is known and being pointed to as the original shipping war. So, how do we avoid this? Well, here's your guide. There's pretty simple if you're a newbie. Three things I have for you. Properly tag your stuff, first of all. Is it about your favorite ship? Please, for the love of God, tag it in your ship's name. It's something that we, as those on that ship, want to see. However, if it's a post that discusses why you don't like a ship, please, for the love of God, tag it anti with the name of that opposing ship. For instance, you want to go off on why you don't like Katang, please tag it anti-Katang. This is a kindness, and it shows respect, and will often result in peace. The peace you give, you'll get back, hopefully. This, however, leads to the second point. It's not always going to be that way. Let's say you post something, and it's innocuous, it's nice, it's happy, and someone else from somewhere else decides to comment about it in a negative light, especially rude or disrespectful. What do you do? It's actually really simple. Ignore their comment. Use the helpful tool that is found on every social media and block them. You're going to find out very quickly that my catchphrase is cater your own experience. I can't vouch for that enough. I go onto my social media and I don't see anything I don't want to. Which goes into the third point. Don't go on the opposing ship's tag just to tell them why they're wrong. It's rude, unnecessary, and honestly, you're not doing anybody any favors if you do. You're just going to piss them off. You're not going to win over anybody. They're not going to change their mind. You're not going to change your mind. You're just going to end up with a battle on your hands and pissed off people in your tags. So maybe if we all do these simple steps, we can live in harmony and avoid the great shipping war of 2020. Oh God, like 2020 needs any more <laughs> dramatic. Bad, oh God, awful thing. Yeah, I got one crisis at a time, ride, okay? <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to avoid these things. <laughs> yeah, no wonderful rules. I honestly have never seen them written so concisely. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's just, it's so simple. Like, if you don't like a ship, just filter the tag. And then you'll never see it ever again. It's wonderful. It gives you a sense of peace when you scroll by and go, oh, look. There's that tag I didn't want. Scroll. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, I've been lucky enough that I've been in the little Zutara bubble. Everything's been good so far. But I have heard some nasty stories. I've seen people deactivate their blogs, move to other things, be just because of the hate that they get. And I just don't 
I don't get it. Every, I just, yeah, I don't get it. Everybody can just ship what they like, like what they like, and take your sailboat off into the horizon with the rest of us. Enjoy the sunset. It's beautiful. I will ride this down into the depths of the Baby Jones locker. <laughs> yeah, no one. No, I'm going down with this ship. <laughs> Nobody is going to take this from me. You'll have to pry it out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> there, it's funny because it's every fandom. Every fandom I've ever been in, this this comes up over and over again. And so if it's against any fandom you're in, this is a pretty simple outline of how to go about and live a peaceful life and yet enjoy the things you like. And share content you like. If we all do it, it'll actually work. Great manners. Uncle Iroh would approve. <laughs> Iroh approved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> now that we've reached the end of our podcast, we have one final gift for your auditory pleasure. Here at the Jasmine Dragon, we have a deep love for fan fiction, and one of the ways we've chosen to show our appreciation includes recording serials of our favorite fics. In other words, we welcome you to tune into our bi-weekly fanfiction readings. For our first serial, we have chosen to read Tempest in a Teacup by AKA Vertigo. This particular fic has been long loved and much beloved by first-generation Zutarans, second-generation post-Legend of Korra Zutarans, and it is only right to share this time-honored tradition with our new Zutarans. Folding his hands back into his sleeves, the doctor looks away. Either way, she is awake. I thought you would like to know. Thank you. I appreciate it. Iroh nods again, politely grateful, and reluctantly rolls the map closed. Reluctantly, not because he grieves leaving, but because he knows his respite is a short one. But that is a matter for later. Now he has a different duty to answer. Take me to see her. The walk to his quarters is short and familiar but Iroh feels a difference in the passage. The sight of the doorstep makes him uncountably anxious. He opens the door, feeling unsure of what he'll find. It is the eyes that he notices first. How could anyone, especially Fire Nation anyone, ignore them? They are a curious combination of pale and dark, luminescent in a way that has nothing to do with the room's firelight. They are blue. Blue. Blue like deep water or late-hour skies. Blue like a sweep of diluted ink on a paper or a wave under the noon sun. Blue like only the eyes of a water tribe native can be. Because, of course, that is what she is. This girl hunched on Iroh's bed. Even in the dark, the bandage around her head the gleaming contrast to her dark skin. A mass of lightless hair pouring out from it in a heavy tangle. The rest of her is lost among the thick blankets and the too big robe wrapped around her. The robe is Iroh's. The excess fabric engulfs the girl like a collapsed tent. There is less of her than he remembers. Somehow, sitting up, she looks smaller, less substantial than she did lying down. Perhaps it is simply that he is unfamiliar to her being upright, welcome change though it is. 
For the past three days, the child has lain feverish and unmoving, her breathing a ragged noise in the dark. Iro thinks she may be six, maybe eight, most likely younger than ten. In reality, he knows only one definite thing about the water child silently watching him come into the room. That she is awake means Iro has succeeded in saving her life. Just as three days ago, he destroyed it. Shuang follows him in and immediately goes to the girl's side, his attention dedicated to the swatch of bandages around her head, the scabs on her palms. She flinches a little at the physical contact, but makes no move to ward him off. The complacency has Ira wondering if she understands the situation. The wounds on her skin, the iron walls around her. What, if any of it, is registering the current of her water mind? What is war to a child? Iroh cannot remember a time when the word war was alien to him. He was raised under its definition, first as a boy and prince, then as a man and soldier, now as a general and dragon of the West. Such is the fate of every child born with the Fire Nation blood during the past century of conflict. Iroh does not think that this child, born of water as he is of fire, has suffered a fate much different. Shuang finishes his ministrations proclaiming the injuries to be healing excellently. He mentioned needing to change the bandages in the morning, recommends a gentle diet, and then stands waiting, watching Iroh. Released from the doctor's concentration, the girl draws both knees to her chest and stares at her toes. Where shall she be moved? I don't advise putting her anywhere near the soldier's barrack, but some spot in a quiet area. The infirmary, maybe, would do. No need. She can stay where she is. Here. Thank you so much for listening to our preview of Tempest in a Teacup by A.K.A. Vertigo. We will post the first full chapter of our serial on the last Friday in October. Please be on the lookout for it, and let us know what fic you'd like to see next. And our next episode will be hosted by myself, Doodle Lady, and will be available on the first Friday in November. We hope to provide a new, delicious, piping hot cup of tea for you then. Sip sip, wink wink. Shout out to the tea ladies for their hard work. Credit goes to Ride Boldly Ride for her excellent sound bending expertise. Many thanks to Doodle Lady for her art bending and awesome logo design. Finally, you're all welcome for my serial scripting and otherwise exceptional hostess skillage. Until then, and depending on their platform, please like, reblog, follow, subscribe, and support the Jasmine Dragon Tea Hour, your local source for fandom tea. Thank you for sharing a fascinating cup of tea with us. We look forward to meeting again soon. Thank you.